the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. In some homes, light-painted woodwork presents a cleaning problem, especially if there are young children around. In other homes, and I hope yours is one of them, this problem has been nearly eliminated thanks to the newest form of Johnson's Wax, the cream wax. This unusual polish was created especially for furniture and woodwork, and it does a remarkable job. Johnson's cream wax cleans as it polishes, takes off dirt, fingerprints, and smudges like magic. With very little rubbing, it leaves a satiny wax finish that brings out the beauty of the surface as well as protecting it. It's a perfect wax polish for enameled kitchen equipment like refrigerators, stoves, and cabinets. Johnson's Cream Wax is a white liquid, very easy to use, contains no oil to collect dust. It gives furniture a hard, dry finish that makes cleaning and dusting so much easier. Try a bottle of Johnson's Cream Wax for your furniture and woodwork. The residents of 79 Wistful Vista feel very superior today. They have acquired the services of a cook, a laundress, a maid, and a housekeeper. That's a very large staff for such a small house. But Beulah, that's the cook, laundress, maid, and housekeeper, is a very large girl. Meet her proud employers, Fibber McGee and Molly. What's Beulah doing now? She's taking down the curtains in the front bedroom. Mm -hmm. She says whoever ironed them last must have done it with a steamroller. <laughs> Who did iron them last? <laughs> I did. Hmm. <laughs> but don't tell her that. Oh, she's a wonderful worker. Yeah, she's a terrific cook, too, baby. She made a cheese omelet this noon that was so light I kept hitting my nose with it. <laughs> what does she cook with, helium? <laughs> well, we're lucky to have her one day a week, dearie. Mm -hmm. She's only working here on Tuesdays, you know. Why just Tuesdays? Well, uh, that's the day we need her the most. Yes, yes, I guess that's right. <laughs> hey, we ought to plan on doing a lot of entertaining on Tuesdays, you know. Put on the dog a little. Yes, as the hungry cannibal said, it's been a long time since we had anybody for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Look, why don't we ask Doc Gamble over for dinner? <laughs> My gosh, he and Eleanor Roosevelt have less home life than anybody I know. <laughs> Better just ask Dr. Gamble. It's pretty short notice for Mrs. Roosevelt. Here, now, here's the phone. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Dr. Gamble's office in the medical and then tell me that's you, Mert. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What's A, Mert? That pretty sister of yours? Contract with 20th Century, eh? My goodness. 20th Century Fox as an actress? No, 20th Century Limited as a break woman. <laughs> What's A, Mert? 
Okay, connect me. Heavenly days. Mert gave him a number, and we got a cook all on the same day. <laughs> Hello, Doc. This is Fibber McGee, the personality kid. Yeah, look, I, I hate to butt in. I hate to butt in, Doc, while you're busy telling patients to quit smoking while waving a big cigar in their face. <laughs> but can you come over to our house to dinner tonight? Wait a minute, I'll see. What are we going to have? Meatloaf, scalloped potatoes, spinach ring, lemon meringue pie. Hello, Doc. Scalloped meat, loafing potatoes, lemon spinach. And... <laughs> what kind of pie was that? Tapioca pudding. And tapioca pudding. <laughs> okay, Doc. Come about six o'clock and we can play a couple of games of chess. Huh? You don't? Well, neither do I, so we'll play rummy. <laughs> okay, Doc. He'll be here. Well... I'm glad. You know, the only time the poor man sees a decent meal is when he looks through the advertisements in the magazines in his office. Yeah. And those are all from 1935, when you could use butter for cooking. Yeah. <laughs> this will probably be the first time he ever got a dinner invitation that wasn't a cover-up for somebody wanting him to take a free peek at little Willie's silly acrobat. <laughs> His what? Silly acrobat. That's those bones where your hips join onto your watch pocket. <laughs> Ah, uh, that isn't a silly acrobat. That's your Sankro Willie bag. That don't sound right. It's more something like Thank You Cadillac or Billy Cardiac or something. Well, it isn't safe to throw medical terms around, dearie. Not are you sure what they mean. Well, I guess not. You know it's not. Huh? I remember once Mr. Toops told you he was anemic, and you said, Okay, let's see you do Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Well, my gosh, that's no... Oh, hello there, Alice. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Jeepers, are you going to have that new cook all the time? She's wonderful. No, we just get Beulah's on, uh, Beulah on Tuesdays, Alice, but oh. she sure can make those little vitamins turn all the cartwheels, can't she? Oh, <laughs> she's so calm about everything. Yeah. That's what I like. She never gets excited. By the way, Dr. Gamble is coming over for dinner tonight, Alice. Can you join us? Oh, no, thank you, Mrs. McGee. You're awfully sweet to invite me, but I have a dinner date with Mitch Woodbury. Who's Mitch Woodbury? <laughs> He's the middle fellow in the back seat. In the back seat of what? Our carpool. <laughs> We've been nodding to each other in the rearview mirror for simply months, and yesterday somebody introduced us. <laughs> well, you two will probably get married and settle down in some cozy little glove compartment. <laughs> Woodbury work at the airplane plant here? <laughs> No, Mitch is an artist. He paints those beautiful girls on the advertising signs. Uh, the great big ones like at 14th and Oak Street. He's a woman hater. Woodbury, a woman hater? <laughs> <laughs> he's a woman hater? Why has he got a date with you? Well, he wants to overcome his hatred of women, he says. Oh. But he says it's awfully hard to think of them as human beings. Why, for goodness sake? Well, creepers, he says when he climbs down off that scaffold after a day's work, he finds it hard to realize that all women don't have noses six feet long. <laughs> But thanks anyway, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> that kid causes so many heart throbs, she ought to be elected Miss Digitalis of 1944. <laughs> oh, my goodness, she works hard. She's entitled yeah. to some fun. Yeah. After all... Excuse me, Miss McGee. Yes, Beulah. <laughs> well... <laughs> Locate the calendar, ma'am. Well, you don't need a calendar with me around, Beulah. I always know what day it is. It's March 14th. Well, thank you, sir, but that don't help. 
Uh, why doesn't it, Beulah? I can't wash no vegetables in there. <laughs> wash the vegetables? Oh, you mean the colander. Oh. Well, it's in the kitchen cabinet. And say, Beulah, that uh, Dr. Gamble will be here for dinner, and we want everything especially nice. Yes, ma'am. I fixed everything real pretty. <laughs> uh, do the doctor eat hearty? Well, the doctor has what you might call a bird-like appetite, Beulah. Oh, dear. Yeah, that is if you call an ostrich a bird. Yes, call an ostrich a bird. Look at you. Love that man. <laughs> well, I'll get right to work on them. Billy Mills from the orchestra playing I Love You. dinner coming along? Oh, just beautifully, McGee. Beulah's making the meatloaf of your dreams. Well, that's going to be better than eating in that chop suey joint like we did last night. Yeah. I had the egg foo young of my dreams in there. <laughs> I dreamed all night that my eighth grade teachers were dressed like Japanese and were chasing me with zeros. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't dreaming, you were just reminiscing. <laughs> What was that stuff you were eating, anyway? Oh, you mean that uh, Gong Bui Dan? Yes. I saw that on the menu and took a fancy to the name. Gong Bui Dan. What was in it? You got me, Tootsie. I could taste the gong in the buoy, but... <laughs> I think Dan was on duty as air raid warden last night. You know, I always get a thrill out of Chinese restaurants. I always think maybe somebody will come out through a concealed sliding panel and run away with me like in the old serial movie. Ah, you got too much imagination. I don't order any gong buoy Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just... Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Wellington. Mrs. McGee, a very, very good afternoon to you. And McGee, a very, very funny thing happened on my way to the theater last night. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Siggy, old man? You find a good humor man in a bad humor? Mm, no. Oh. I was standing in the lobby, as is my wont. You won't? I, I won't what, Mrs. McGee? You, you won't stand in the lobby. Oh, but I will. It's my wont. 
you see, McGee, he won't do it. It's in his will. He's confused. <laughs> well, what happened, Wellington? I was standing in the lobby, as is my... <clears throat> I always do it. And, and a chap with a distinctly military bearing came past. Probably stole it. Stole what, Mrs. McGee? That military bearing. What was it, ball or roller? <laughs> I was referring, my dear fellow, to the chap's military carriage. Well, he's lucky to have a ball-bearing carriage these days. <laughs> my father invented a carriage with a folding hood that some company claimed they had a previous patent on. My father called it the Surrey with the infringement on top. <laughs> Shall I proceed with my anecdote? <laughs> Why, of course, Mr. Wellington. Thank you. As I said, this chap came past me with such a distinctly military look about him that I said, By Jove, that looks like General Eisenhower. So I walked up to him, saluted... General Eisenhower, I inquired. No, he said. Yeah. Interesting story, wasn't it? Huh? <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, what time have you, old boy? I have uh, 3.22, Sig. Thank you. And Mrs. McGee... My watch says 3.19. What time you got, Wellington? I have uh, 3.20. Mm. Well, that takes care of that. Takes care of what, Mr. Wellington? What I came over here for to pass the time of day. Good day. <laughs> That guy is cornier than the inside of a silo. <laughs> I think all you men resent Mr. Wellington because he dresses so well and has such nice manners. Oh, nobody resents Siggy. In fact, when he shows up at the Elks Club, everybody cheers. They do? Is he that popular? No, but money is. <laughs> Wellington is the fattest pigeon that ever sat in a gin rummy game. That guy handles cards like he was wearing boxing gloves. Oh, well. It's all a matter of luck. It sure is. And the guy with luck gets to play cards with Wellington. <laughs> Besides, I don't think you ought to play cards for money. Well, I don't think we should either. But gee whiz, the insurance company made us quit playing with matches. So, anyway, we always... Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Hey, you got a date for dinner? Yes, I have, pal. Why? Well, Dr. Gamble is coming here for dinner, Mr. Wilcox, and we thought maybe you could be with us, too. Well, thanks, Molly. I'd love to, but I'm having dinner downtown with a couple of boys from the Johnson Wax Company. Uh, that ought to be a gay affair. <laughs> I can just see you three scallywags sitting there with paper hats on, telling each other with shrieks of happy laughter how many carloads of Johnson's wax you sold last year. <laughs> No, these two men are in the Navy now. Oh, you won't talk shop. You'll talk ship. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you won't be here, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, we got a new cook, Junior. She can make a meatball that bounces right into your heart. She does more with a skillet than Ford did with a bicycle. You know her, don't you, Mr. Wilcox? Beulah? Beulah? Well, for the love of... Somebody called Beulah? <laughs> no, we... We were just telling Mr. Wilcox here what a good cook you are, Beulah. <laughs> yes, I was a good laundress and general utility, too, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> you are, eh? Uh, pretty good at house cleaning, too, Beulah? Yes, sir. I go through a house like a monkey through a trapeze, sir. <laughs> and when I come out the other side, that house is anti-positively septic. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Mr. Wilcox. I'll bet it is. I suppose you use Johnson's wax on all the floors, furniture, and woodwork, Beulah, and the lampshades, windowsills, and leather things. Mr. Wilcox, you talk like I was ignorant as a June bride. <laughs> Why, I can think of more places to polish with Johnson wax than you can shake a stick at, and then I polishes the stick. Yeah, don't tell our domestic staff it's business, Junior. Beulah was an experienced housekeeper when you were a callow youth in a beanie. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, uh, you know why Johnson's Wax is good for all those things, don't you, Beulah? Yes, and make it look pretty. Yes, yes, and it also seals the pores against dust and dampness. Seal the what, sir? The pores, Beulah. Yes, wood has pores like the pores in your skin. I got pores in my skin? <laughs> why, everybody has. Your skin breathes through them. Well, for goodness sake, what do they think of next? <laughs> well, I gotta get back and scalp some more potatoes and if you excuse me, and excuse me. <laughs> She's going to scalp some what? Potatoes, Junior. We're having scalloped potatoes for dinner. Sure you can't come? No, but thanks very much. I just came by to return this book. I enjoyed it very much. What book is that, Junior? How to Figure Income Tax by Crovney J. Franis. Oh, oh, did it uh, help you any, Mr. Wilcox? Not much. Your brilliant husband didn't tell me it was written in 1923. <laughs> but thanks anyway. McGee, <laughs> why on earth didn't you tell him that was an old income tax book? He didn't ask me. And I learned a long time ago, if it's for the government, don't volunteer anything. Just answer what they ask you. Yes, but what if he'd made out his income tax by a book that's 20 years old? Well, I used it, didn't I? My tax figured much lower than all these newfangled regulations would have made it. <laughs> well, be whiz. Maybe I'm conservative, but I stick to the good old ways. Yeah. The good old ways are liable to land you on the good old rock pile, dear. You're making good old little ones out of good old big ones. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's a lot of superstition. They can't throw a guy in jail because he figures his tax wrong. Can't they? Can they? Yes. They can? I think so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I better get another blank tonight and let Doc Gamble help me with it. Hey, where are you going? Going to help Beulah fix the salad dressing. Mm -hmm. You keep an eye out for Dr. Gamble. Okay. Ah, there goes a good old kid. If I go to Leavenworth for tax evasion, who'll be waiting outside with a good cigar? And the... Come in. Hi, mister. Hi, sis. I trust you hadn't planned an extensive visit. <laughs> We're entertaining at dinner. Hey, can I stay and watch you, mister? Can I please? Can I? Watch us what? Entertain at dinner. What hmm? do you do, mister? You sing funny songs and stuff? No, no, no. We don't sing funny songs. I merely meant that we are having company. Oh? Yes. I imagine our culinary staff is even now preparing the hors d'oeuvres and chilling the ketchup to room temperature. Oh, boy. <laughs> Some stuff, I bet you. Hmm. I'm strictly a guy that's a connoisseur of food, sis. I like my hollandaise made from duck eggs. I like the flames to leap just three and three-quarter inches over my crepe Suzettes. Oh. And I like my biscuit tortoni with a slight, just the slight, mind you, flavor of marzipan and all stuff like that there. I'm fussy, too, I bet you. Hmm? Once I got a lollipop with a knot hole in a stick and I made him take it right back. That's the spirit, sis. Insist on service. Sure. And once I found a little rusty nail in the bottom of a chocolate soda and the man gave me a fresh one for nothing. Hmm. That was quite a shock, wasn't it? I'll say it was, mister. It was wonderful. <laughs> I still got the rusty nail, see? <laughs> What are you saving that for? Oh, just in case I want to take a little guest to the drugstore. Mm -hmm. See, the, the second soda's always free if you find a rusty nail in the first one. Now, wait a minute, sis. Hold on. That's fraud. That's practically stealing. Now, I'm no moralist, mind you. 
In fact, I've been known to slap the weighing machine to see if my penny would come back. And I ain't above giving the pinball machine a slight tilt. But nobody can claim that Pibber McGee ever stole a nickel. Well, gee, mister. Now, give me that nail. Thanks. Suppose you tried that dirty little trick sometime and accidentally ate the nail. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't do that, I bet you. Well, why couldn't you? I never throw the nail in till afterwards. <laughs> This is awful, sis. And I want you to promise me I never want you to try that trick again. Will you promise? Never. Yeah. Okay, well, you give me if I promise. Look, any time you're tempted to practice that petty larceny jip in the future, you just come to me. I'll buy you a soda. You promise? Okay, I'll promise. Mm -hmm. Hey, mister. Huh? I'm tempted right now, I bet you. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's two bits. Now, scram. Gee, thanks, mister. Bye now. Goodbye. Hey, Willie. It worked just like you said it would. How many more rusty nails you got? Well, I... Oh, this is ridiculous. The King's Men sing It's Love, Love, Love. You got a chill. You never had it before. You don't know just what goes, but oh boy. You feel a thrill. You make a dash for the door. You're a glow with a fabulous joy. My dear, I'm so full of coffee now, I've acquired a rather charming Brazilian accent. How about another hunk of lemon pie, Doc? You only had three. I only had two. You had three. I had only two, I tell you. Molly, how many pieces of pie did I have? I'm sorry, Doctor, but I seem to have lost the little red book in which I keep track of how much my guests eat. <laughs> Chucks, nobody cares how many pieces you had, Doc. My gosh, you're welcome to the whole pie, for that matter. <laughs> In fact, you darn near had a whole pie. <laughs> I did not. You did, too. Why, you little... Say, I think I will have another cup of coffee, Molly, please. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. 
Pass the doctor the cream and sugar, McGee. Oh, he ought to drink it black. He's putting on too much weight. Pass me the cream and sugar, upstart. Okay, okay. <laughs> Besides, I'm not putting on weight. I've lost 21 pounds in the last month. Have you really, doctor? It may have been lost by your stomach, but they were found somewhere around McGee. By... <laughs> oh, let him talk, my dear. He's the parlor comedian type, you know. They're always afraid if every other line isn't a gag, the conversation might get serious, and they won't know what's going on. Oh, I don't know, Dr. McGee talks pretty well on almost any subject. Oh, I know he does. I know that. But I maintain it's better if he knows what he's saying. Oh, I know what I'm saying, all right. Uh, you name one subject that you know more about than I do, except medicine. Indians. Name ten tribes of Indians. Why, that's a cinch. Ottawa, Potawatomi, Chippewa, Shawnee, Navajo, Apache, Paiute, Choctaw, Seminole, and... Uh, and Cleveland. Uh, didn't Cleveland. think we could do it, did you? <laughs> hey, how about a cigar? Thanks, I have one. You got two? Thanks. <laughs> Sure you had enough of everything, Doctor? Oh, I really did, Molly. Wonderful dinner. And to think that after all these years of inflicting spinach on defenseless little children, I'd learned to like it myself. <laughs> that Beulah's really a good cook, Doc. Yeah. Insists on everything being perfect. When she puts pants on a lamb chop, they gotta have cuffs, pleats, and belt loops. <laughs> this is the first day she's worked for us, Doctor, except to help out. She'll be with us, though, every Tuesday from now on. Oh, lucky people. I had bad luck with my last cook. Huh? Yeah, he ran away with a bottle of Napoleon brandy I'd saved for special occasions. Hmm. Ever hear from him again, Doc? Yes, same night. Hmm. Seems he'd walked up to a cop and said, I'm Napoleon, which way is Waterloo? <laughs> and they showed him. <laughs> Say, do you mind if I compliment Beulah on this dinner? Of course not, Doctor. Flattery never did a cook any harm. Who's Flattery? What's... Oh, oh, Flattery. Yeah, yeah. Call Beulah in. If you don't think it'll upset her. Don't be silly, dearie. Beulah never gets flustered. That's why I like her. She's always so calm. I haven't had any homemade bread like hers since I was a kid. That's why we thought you'd like it tonight, Doc. Being in your second childhood like uh, you are. <laughs> we thought that perhaps... You clang the bell for me, ma'am? <laughs> yes, Beulah. I just wanted to tell you what a nice dinner this was. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Yes, Beulah, it was wonderful. Don't be surprised if you have a guest here every Tuesday night after this. Oh, Doctor. <laughs> you like your dinner, Mr. McGeeson? Beulah, I loved every calorie of it. Mrs. McGee and I want to celebrate your first day's work here by presenting you with this little token of our appreciation. Here. Well, for goodness sake, a bottle of cologne. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mrs. McGee. Oh, Mrs. McGee. Oh, Doctor. Love all you people. Why, Beulah, what's the matter? Oh, you're all so nice. I'm sorry I must not like this, man. <laughs> now, take it easy, Beulah. My gosh, we didn't mean to get you upset, and... Oh, I ain't upset, Miss Meek. I was never so happy in all my... In all my bodies, I never... <laughs> well, heavenly days, Doctor. What do we do? Can't you do something? Well, I hate to try to cure anybody of being happy, but I'll see what I can do. Come on, Beulah. We better go back to the kitchen and sit down. Yeah, so that's what we better do, all right. And this lovely, scrumptious bottle of sweet-smelling stuff. I never expected anything so... I'm just about to have you, skeleton! There are a good many war workers who have solved their housing problems by living in trailers. And however convenient this may be, it certainly doesn't mean complete freedom from housekeeping worries. 
For example, here's a letter that came in just the other day. My husband is a war worker, and we live in a 22-foot trailer, this woman writes. The floor is covered with linoleum, and you can imagine how much it gets tracked up every day. If it weren't for Johnson's glow coat, I could never stand it, because there's so much sand and dirt here. But it just stays on top. It doesn't go into the linoleum. Glow coat saves me a lot of work, and certainly does preserve my linoleum. She goes on to say more nice things about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, but I've read you enough to show you that whether you live in a big house or a one-room trailer, if you have any linoleum surfaces, it will pay you dividends to protect them with Johnson's glow coat. There's no rubbing or buffing needed with glow coat. You simply apply and let dry, and your floors wear a shiny shield of protection. prowling around for in your slippers. It's 2.30 in the morning. I know. I I couldn't sleep. Why not? Oh, that lemon meringue pie we had for dinner. Why, that was as light as a feather. That couldn't keep you awake. Well, it did. I finally couldn't stand it any longer and went down and had another piece. Oh. (laughs) Good night, all. character of Mr. Wellington heard on this program was played by Ransom Sherman. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.